And if you want to realize the outcome of being a catalyst, if you want that proverbial dream to come true, you have to be a great storyteller and relentlessly repeat. I can think of catalyst experiences I've led where we're talking about years. You need the gift of passionate, relentless repetition. It's like the speaking version of a beginner's mind. Every time you tell the story and paint the vision of what's yeah. possible, needs to come out as if you're saying it for the first time. Hi, I'm Shannon Lucas. And I'm Tracy Lovejoy. And we're the co-CEOs of Catalyst Constellations, which is dedicated to catalyzing innate change makers to accelerate positive change. This is our podcast, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out, where we highlight catalysts that are creating amazing change in the world. In this season of the podcast, we are diving deep into the skills that make catalysts successful. And I'm so thrilled today to have an awesome ultra catalyst, Karen Manja, who's one of the most sought after keynote speakers in the world. She's a Wall Street Journal bestselling author, host of the Success From Anywhere podcast, and has a day job, her Salesforce executive role. Karen is a catalyst who uses curiosity and creativity to empower individuals, teams, and organizations to successfully define, design, and deliver the future. Thanks for, for being here with us today, Karen. Thanks so much. It's great to be among a community of people where we get each other. I feel at home, like I belong yes. here. Welcome home. Yeah, well, let's start with that. How do you relate to the concept of catalyst? What's so fascinating is about six weeks before you and I first got connected or I first heard of both of you, I was sitting in beautiful Mont Treblanc, Canada, among mountains at a resort with Deepak Chopra, reflecting on the concept of infinite possibilities. And along the way of those couple of days, he has someone from his staff who's a coach, essentially. I think of Deepak Chopra living at the highest level of knowledge that he's sharing with you. And this person brings it down to earth for you and makes it real. <laughs> And one of the activities was writing a personal branding statement. And they had taken you through the concept of archetypes, right? When you see the picture of Mother Teresa or Oprah or Elon Musk or whomever you might bring to mind, what resonates with you about that story that you see in yourself and then work on this personal brand statement. Now, if you are eating vegan food all day long, drinking nothing but water, staring at the mountains and meditating, it turns out you have a lot of available brain capacity to consider your brand. And this word came to me, catalyst. And I started playing around with, well, what am I a catalyst of? And I've never used that word before wow. the beginning of July wow. to describe myself. And as I played with that sentence, and you know how any brand statement marketing campaign, you have to make it your own. I created that statement that you just read. I am a catalyst who uses curiosity and creativity to empower individuals, teams, and organizations, right? And then I've added some things onto it since then. And when I sat with that, I thought, yes, that's me. Mm. Well, about six or seven weeks later, I was in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. Apparently mountains are a theme and my ability to discover <laughs> my catalyst. So I'm sitting with our mutual friend, Erica Cool, who is a catalyst of the highest level. Yes. Community building, a starter, super fun. And as we're talking over a wonderful sushi dinner, 
I'm sharing this experience with her. I said, I finally came up with a personal brand statement that makes sense. And I said it to her and she said, Catalyst, I know who you have to know. I know the people. And I thought, this is so cool. She gifted me your book. And when I opened your book and I read that opening passage, I literally felt like I had come home. I was like, there are other people like this. Other people feel this way. It was just remarkable to me, the synchronicity of just reflecting on that brand, just choosing that word, choosing to say that word to another catalyst at dinner who chose to be a catalyst to connect me to you. And here we are. It's amazing. And I love how you described that there's something that, that, that um, it's an intangible quality of what happens to the catalyst network, right? I mean, that serendipity, and especially when you start to open, it's like the floodgates come sometimes and it's so powerful. So thank you for sharing that. And Erica, shout out to you. We've really loved having you on the board and we're so glad for the connection with Karen. All right. So building on that, you've had a remarkable career. We were talking sort of both in your corporate persona, but also just how you're catalyzing people all over the world with your keynotes and your workshops and your work. What are, what are two of the most essential skills that have made you successful as a catalyst and maybe share some of the stories about how they've helped you, or, or maybe there are stories where you've failed because you didn't have them. And you're like, Oh, wish I had had that one before. The two skills I found to help with being a catalyst. The first is the passionate gift of relentless repetition. And I'll explain what that means in a moment, although it may be very relatable to the people who are listening. And the second one is unlikely pattern recognition. Yeah. The first one, that that passionate gift of relentless repetition, like all of your catalysts and like both of you, When I see an opportunity to catalyze a situation or a team or an organization, I get excited because I see the possibility of what could be. And through the years and mercifully through your book and your teaching, I've come to discover that gift is not necessarily shared. Mm -hmm. And if you want to realize the outcome of being a catalyst, if you want that proverbial dream to come true, you have to be a great storyteller and relentlessly repeat. And this takes more than the seven times or whatever the going statistic is now for a concept to stick. Yes. I can think of catalyst experiences I've led where we're talking about years before something came to fruition. And I think about it this way. You need the gift of passionate, relentless repetition. It's like the speaking version of a beginner's mind. Every time you tell the story and paint the vision of what's possible needs to come out as if you're saying it for the first time. That is difficult. That is very difficult. And what I think about as a catalyst is I know we're finally on to something and getting the tiniest speck of light coming through the crack in the door. The first time I hear someone say that back to me. Yep, I, that's all it. Right. That's it. I that's mean, it's 1.5 million <laughs> versions later, but we're <laughs> on to something. So I think about that one. The other one, the unlikely pattern recognition. What I've come to understand is that catalysts share this quality of being able to recognize patterns and unlikely connections that others do not see or do not see yet 
or need a lot of data and experience to see or to feel real. And for a while, I thought that made me kind of crazy, but I don't think my brain works like everyone else's, or I would get frustrated because I would think, why doesn't everyone see what I'm seeing? It's so obvious. The first time I came to realize that was maybe a differentiated skill was in StrengthsFinder. Mm. You, know, you take the assessment, you get your five words back. And it was that combination of strategic learner, maximizer, winning others over that, you know, somewhere in there in that thread was you sort of see patterns other people don't see. And then along the way, you see people other people don't see having a potential to join this mission and make this pattern turn into a dream that catalyzes into a reality, except you're one of the only people who sees it. <laughs> and back to the passionate gift of relentless repetition. So spot on. I laugh. We have to laugh at the, like the, the shared pain of that, like that moment when that comes back. And I just have to say, I don't know if this is your experience. I'm super curious because when that word is coming back to you, there's almost zero recognition that you were the person who started saying that two years. And, and the thing is they think it's theirs and you're like, okay, I just have to let that be because that is the win. Is that, is that your experience and how do you manage through that? At first, the first time it happened, I felt violated. I thought to myself, someone has stolen my intellectual property and add on let's be honest i'm a female in tech it's largely male it's always a male that's saying this back to me just by the nature of who i work with not because that's some sort of gender related trait and the first time i thought how dare you take credit for my work and that was before i understood how you really lead change as a catalyst And part of what's so challenging is releasing the need to be given credit for this catalyst idea. The willingness to release the need to be credited for the effort or how long you hung in there when everyone else was tuning you out. The approximate analogy that you might be able to relate to is when you launched your book, you had been living for years the experience that went into that book. You had been writing for months and getting advanced praise quotes and building a marketing plan. And what happens? Day zero, when you launch, it's the first moment the world has heard about it. In your head, it's like, this is so obvious. Pick this up. And everyone else is just sort of like, what is this? Totally. How is that possible? It's sort of the catalyst journey in a way. And it isn't personal. People aren't trying to steal your idea. What I What I know now that I wish I could go back in time and tell an earlier version of my catalyst self is they're just now starting to get it. Now is the moment of momentum. Align with them and say, that's great. I love what you're saying there. Where could we go with that? Why does that matter so much to you? What does that mean to you? What could this be? What could we co-create together? Goosebumps, Karen. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's interesting because there's a, there's a self-management piece that's, that's implicit in what you're saying, right? Cause it is the natural thing. Like I've been saying that dirty, dirty word for 18 months that nobody would let me say. And now you're saying it as if it's the thing to say. And so there's a lot of self-management, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious about the self-management even before you get there, because I, I usually describe, like, I want to poke my eye out with a pencil for those 18 months for all the repetition. Like I'll be in a meeting, repeating it again. Like you mentioned sort of like the, the, the passion and the energy. How do you maintain that during that, that long period of the relentless repetition? There are moments where I have 
caught myself literally taking my fingernails under the conference table and clawing my own quadricep to keep smiling and pretending like this has never been said before. Now, that did not do anything to help my adrenaline rush slow down. It did almost bring tears to my eyes, which kept me from screaming. So I feel like I just channeled a different emotion, which you could say is a good thing or a bad thing. Over time, as, as that experience comes back again and again and again, I start to think about people like, entrepreneurs, visionaries, CEOs. I think there's one of the methodologies that refers to these people as shapers. You know, the, think about how many times Steve Jobs probably told the story of the iPhone before someone was like, oh, I get it. And now we can't live without it. And so I think, well, I mean, do you think that Steve Jobs or anybody else we want to choose just literally walked out, had four conversations and people thought, yes, this is absolutely true. The next time I need a restaurant, I'll just get an app from an app store and I'll look it up and then I'll decide based on that and take some pictures. No, no, they did not. He just kept going with it. And I think a core competency, a core wiring of catalysts is belief. Mm. What continues to fuel us is we believe in what we are saying and doing. It is authentic, it is real, it is from within. And you find the fuel there. And then sometimes you have to, you know, pour a little water on the fire to, to tamp it down and keep yourself pacing with everyone else. Yeah. Another word. It's so interesting. Someone yesterday used the word hope too, like, as there's this active, like this hope and this belief that we can create that, that better, brighter future. I'm just wondering if underneath, I'm going to click on it one more time because like that energy drain can be so tough, not necessarily in the meeting where they're starting to say the word back to you, but like in the 18 months before where you might be the sole voice in the, in the wilderness for a while, like what are some tips and tricks that you have for keeping your energy? I know the belief is a big fire that burns in us. So that's one. Are there, are there other things that you do to keep yourself charged up? It might surprise you to discover from looking at me now that I hit a point in my own catalyst journey called major medical. And along that journey of major medical, uh, I started to ignore that inside voice that said, you're getting burnt out to use your word. And it was small things at first, you know, I started gaining a little bit of weight and I thought, well, I'm having these customer dinners and these meetings, trying to get people on board. So you're eating a little more, you're having the dessert, the glass of wine. Okay. Kind of explained it away as we all tend to do when we're passionate about what we're doing and think we must keep going at full speed all the time. And then I would notice I was really tired and I thought, well, I'm missing sleep and I'm missing workouts to make up on this work or to keep everything going, keep all these plates spinning as fast as possible. We all have impossible to ignore moments. And for me, it was the moment that I picked up my mobile phone to call my brother and I could not remember his name. I have one brother. I talk to him every single week. That became an impossible to ignore moment that for me went through three and a half years of medical misdiagnosis where my hair fell out. My skin turned gray. I gained 55 pounds and didn't have a baby. And one day I looked in the mirror and my eyes had literally changed color. I never missed one day of work for being ill. And that sounds crazy. And yet we've all done the equivalent. Yours might not be major medical. It's something else. You know, you gave up sleep, you sacrificed your relationships, your health, something else that mattered to you in service of this dream, this initiative, this career, this outcome. 
that was a gift in its own way because that experience prompted me to redefine my relationship with success. And it prompted me to change my relationship with work in a meaningful way. And here's what's so interesting about my ultimate diagnosis, because people always ask, what did you have? Mostly because they want to make sure they don't catch it. <laughs> I had DDT pesticide poisoning. What? And here's what's fascinating about that. There was poison literally coursing through my body. And how I got to the point of being that sick was that I was carrying a toxic set of beliefs about what success looked like and what I was willing to do to realize it. Now, five years later, I had five years worth of treatments until I got a completely clean bill of health. And as a result of that, the two words of wisdom that I would share with other catalysts who are even experiencing a miniature version of burnout or realizing you need a break and aren't giving yourself permission to take one is first permission granted. You do not need to wait for the ultimate success or the outcome or the four day work week or the extra PTO days to kick in or whatever that is. When you need a break, take one. The second is we tend to think that we need the grand gesture. We get to the point that we're so burnt out. I mean, in my case, I'm crying on the floor trying to wrestle Spanx onto my super fat body because I have no clothes that fit. Okay. And then you start dreaming that you need a sabbatical, a six month vacation, a very expensive resort. And maybe what you need is one less meeting today. Maybe you need a 30 minute walk instead of the meeting. We think in terms of the grand gesture when maybe the five minute fix is the permission we could give ourselves to make a small adjustment. Yes. Uh, thank you for sharing so vulnerably, Tracy knows. I'm, I'm going through one of those moments right now. I think it's a life journey. I mean, it's like, you know, I I've had moments where I've been better at it and then I fall back into habits and it's just like the constant. And one of the things that you, to your point is just like, when I see it start to go, what I have gotten better at is the being like, no, I'm, 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 I can't go on that business trip next week. It's just not worth it. I'm going to say no, or I'm going to take the afternoon off and do whatever I need to do. I can move those meetings. Um, but it's hard. It's a hard like life lesson. Cause I think some of the stuff that we, that, you know, that makes us cattle catalyst is so hardwired from so far back, right. That it's like, it's, it's physical habit energy. It's emotional. It's spiritual habit energy. It's all of those things. It's a lot to overcome. And I just, I'm so grateful to you for sharing your story because so many catalysts, and I have to say a lot of the women catalyst executives that I know have had moments like this. Um, and I think we need to start talking about it. Um, I think we could also get very metaphysical to your point about all the toxicity that we are embodying <laughs> that is adding to that. Um, but I, I appreciate you sharing that, Karen. Thank you. Yes. And there was a leadership lesson within that relevant to what you said. Your comment reminded me of the powerful moment when I decided the first time I got that clean bill of health, I thought I'm taking the first two week vacation of my life. And our big catalyst journey with my team wasn't completed at that point. We weren't at the outcome point. And I took two weeks off and I did nothing, not the secret text in the bathroom, not that I just need to take one meeting, full stop. I had never done that in my life. And I came back from the two weeks and I was leading leaders at that point, right? So managing managers, however you want to think about that language. And I will never forget what my team said to me. They said, we're so glad that you finally trusted us enough to take a yes, break. Yes, right? And I thought, oh my goodness, all those bad habits driven by those saboteur voices, 
I taught that to an entire group of people unintentionally. That was a wake up call. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I could, we could talk about that for hours, but I really appreciate you being so vulnerable and we can take it up a few levels now and do some rapid fire with Tracy. I'm ready. And, and before we do that, <clears throat> I just want to encourage everyone to check out your book, right? Success from, from anywhere to check out your podcast, because these are the stories that you're empowering people with, right? As you empower people with the creativity, it's this, this notion that we own the ability to redesign our relationship with work. And so if you're loving what you're hearing from Karen, as Shannon and I clearly do, Shout please go, go deeper because this is the work that Karen does in the world. We haven't talked about the purpose word, Karen, but I'm guessing from getting to, to you know, look at what you put out in the world, that, that the messages that you're sharing with us are part of what you feel like you're here to do. Is that fair? Yes. And yeah. I think about how I have been and how many people I work with every single day who are stuck at this crossroads between career rich and life poor. Yes. It feels stuck. That's right. And, you know, choice is what moves us forward and choice is only available right here, right now. And so yes. a lot of the work that I do is helping people go inside yeah. and create your future from the inside out yeah. and to recognize and see choices that are available to you when you step back and thoughtfully consider them. I think the ultimate is for all of us to be able to live well and work well, not choose one or the other. That's right. Amen. And I, I love how you talk about in your writing, you're speaking, we were talking about this earlier, you know, you're really open in your writing that you're still an executive. You're still living within the bounds of the rules that, you know, are set and we still can find freedom. We still have power. We still can have that, the five minute thing that we need to do or the redefinition of our boundaries or how we want to be in relationship versus, oh, it's the job or always the external, you know, feeling like there's something being put upon us. And I just so resonate with, with what you're sharing. So thank you. Thank you for the work that you do. And we'll put the show, we'll put the links to all of that in the show notes for the listeners. Of course. All right. As promised, rapid fire. What is one thing that you do, Karen, to get ready for a big meeting? I listen to Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Wow, it gets me fired up. I'm like in the zone and I am there. Nice. And I actually snort live on our podcast. That one really got me. I love it so much. <laughs> All right, number two, what's your favorite way to spend a free day? My favorite way to spend a free day is rest, no alarm clock, wake up, then do my typical morning meditation, yoga, exercise, gratitude, journaling, and amazing food. And the ultimate read a book cover to cover. Oh, I find that to be the most decadent luxury. I love to read a book cover to cover in one day though, is like, oh yes, all the good things are happening here. <laughs> and are you always reading new books or is it like a comfort book? I always read new books. And with that said, the one book that I repeatedly referred to is the book Passages by Gail Sheehy, now the late Gail Sheehy. And she writes about passages of a woman's life. And the life coach I've had since I was 17, who is still my life coach today, 
coached me to read this book. And the deal is you only read the passage that you're living. And so I read it and I think to myself, how does she know me so well? Which is a reminder that we're all human and therefore shockingly normal. And so I read it to ground myself. I read it to remind myself that I am normal. We are all on this journey together. And it's also comforting. Like that's not just my imagination that at this age, X, Y, Z thing shows up or this new opportunity, or these are the kinds of questions you're considering or how your life is evolving. It's wonderful. Highly recommended passages by Gail Sheehy. I, yeah, I don't have that on my shelves. I'm excited to check that out. And it is, it's that, that tension between I want to be unique in the world and it feels so lovely to be understood and to know that this is a human experience. So that's, that's beautiful. All right. I don't know how much our listening audience may know that you are a chef. So when you say great food, is that Karen great food? Are you cooking on these days that are a day of rest? Oh, yes. Cooking is a Zen activity for me. My last name, Manja, means eating Italian. I'm very fortunate (laughs) that my soon-to-be 99-year-old, very Sicilian grandfather, Salvatore Manja, is still alive and thriving. And three iPads, day trading stocks, smartwatch. I I cook him Sunday dinner every Sunday. He takes walks around the block. He is large and in charge. Absolutely. Cooking is, it's who I am. Oh, my gosh. I love that. All right, final question here. Favorite catalyst, alive or dead, and why? My favorite catalyst was our chief operating officer at Cisco for a long time. His name is Randy Pond. He's gone on to lead other businesses. This is an amazing human being who has no idea. He's kind of rich, famous, and (laughs) well-accomplished. I will never forget the time I was having this big vision in my career of moving outside of sales leadership and doing something else. I had flown from where I live to our headquarters office to interview for a job in global strategy and planning, which sounded like a great fit. When I landed and was in the rental car, the hiring manager called and canceled the interview due to some weird emergency, asked if I could come back the next week. And I was like, no, I cannot. (laughs) I phoned my mentor. I was like, what do I do? She said, drive to my office. I'll figure something out while I drive here. I drive there, sit down in her office. And she says, you went to, you know, this university, right? And I said, yes. And she said, so did our chief operating officer. You're going to call him, leave him a voicemail and say you're in town, that you went to graduate from the same university and you want to meet him. I'm like, this is a terrible plan. I'm desperate. It's a great plan. <laughs> Called him. No kidding. He calls me back. Who does this? Oh I, this guy's crazy busy. I don't know how he did it. Calls me back and says, I love to meet people that graduated from my university. Come over. I drive there thinking to myself, your interview for a real job fell through. So you called the number two person at the company and now you're going there to meet them. What are you thinking? I drive there, nicest human on earth. So good to go. Tells me his own career rotation story. I end up working for him. And this human being. I mean, I would be somewhere like at the university and it would be the photographer at an alumni event. And he would come up and say, do you know Randy Pond? He's the most amazing person. I'm like, yes. He would send me jokes about, you know, Indiana because we're both from here. I met his whole family. I mean, I have never met a human, but he was like this with every person his entire organization, and I think probably our entire company, would run through fire for this human being. If he was like, there's a ring of fire, and I want you to run through it, people would be like, no problem. 
because that is who he was as a catalyst. And he would choose these outrageously difficult problems to solve. And of course, he was very visionary. But on top of that, he could catalyze an entire movement of people to be like, this isn't work. We're having a great time here. This is so fun. He ended up being the executive sponsor of the biggest catalyst project I undertook during my time at Cisco. And to this day, I'm telling you, someone listening to this will be like, Randy Pond, <laughs> most amazing human. And I was just thinking, wow, but his secret sauce of being a catalyst, human connection. I mean, you know, he focused on knowing people at a very personal level. You would never think he had anything else to do other than the conversation right in front of him. Remarkable. That was amazing. We'll make sure that he knows when the podcast is live Randy so that Pond. he can yes. hear this totally. amazing, amazing yes. shout out. Thank you for the deep personalization. Absolutely. As we wrap up today, uh, Karen, what are what is your call to action for our listening audience? Please subscribe to the Success From Anywhere podcast and let me know what ideas you have, what's resonating for you, because a lot of this is about disrupting the future of work, where work happens, when work happens, how work happens in all kinds of amazing ways. Everything from the new power suit to the new kind of nine to five to a guy who his premise and promise is to give every working human one full day back a week based on changing your relationship with time amazing people doing amazing things and i want to hear from your catalysts what could the future of work be what are you changing what are your new routines rituals and boundaries in this new world of work in this new work in life we all have the opportunity to create together I know that Karen truly wants to hear from you and truly wants to know, uh, and I'm very excited to hear what kind of ideas come from the audience. So please make sure that you're reaching out to Karen. Karen, it has been pure joy to have this time with you. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to be among a community of people where I feel so seen, heard, understood at home and normal. <laughs> well, thank you for that gift. We'd love to hear that. It, it makes everything we do in the world feel amazing. I cannot wait till we get to intersect again and get to hear more stories and laugh like we do today. Ditto. And thank you so much to our listening audience. If you'd like to learn more about how to accelerate positive change, go to our website at catalystconstellations.com. And be sure to check out our book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out. And of course, if you have other catalysts in your life, hit the share button and send a link their way. Thanks again.